Hello, this is Katie Sloan. And I am Dina Castro. Welcome to Let's Get Real Astrology, making the connection between astrology and real life. We aim to bridge the gap between astrological theory and how to use the wisdom of the planets in our daily lives. We'll share personal stories that bring concepts down to earth. We'll provide you with strategies for working with challenging astrological energies. And we will always focus upon how to use astrology to empower rather than to predict. If you want to understand how astrology can be used to make your life better, listen in. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Today is going to be a fun one because I am so in it. I mean, so in it. And Dina's just starting, but we are going to talk about the progressed lunar return. Da, 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 da. What does that mean? What does it mean? I don't even know what it means for me. Because <laughs> <laughs> we talked about this before we got on the call and we're both having Neptune trines too. So it's a confusing time of our lives. Yeah. <laughs> but we're going to try to work it out here on the show today. Yes. So progress lunar returns. Well, let me first lay out what it is. If you don't know, it's when the progress new or the progress moon comes to the natal moon. And it does so about every 27 ish years, 27 and a half years or so. Um, so it can be slightly different age for each person, but it's around age 27. And you'll want to look up your exact date for yourself. Um, so it happens at 27 and then again around 54. And then you could get a third one if you live long enough uh, in your early 80s. And so what it means is I think of it like if the progressed moon is where your heart is or where your emotional self is evolving to at a certain point in your life, then it's about coming home to yourself. It's about reconnecting with your heart, reconnecting with your childlike self or the things that maybe were important to you as a child, uh, childhood dreams. And it's a time to let the heart lead rather than the head. And an interesting um, fact about it is that it always just precedes the Saturn return. So for example, the first Saturn return happens at about 29, and this uh, progressed lunar return happens at about 27. And so that's there's a connection that we're doing the emotional work to prepare and to get in alignment with our heart, you know, if we're in tune with this before we have to make the big decisions at Saturn return as to what we're going to do out there in the world. What, what's the worldly mission that we're going to take on? First, you have to get the vision from a heart place. And so that's the ideal, like that we should take time, you know, to connect with what is our deepest wish from an emotional place and from a, a heart-centered place, not from a logic uh, place as to what I should do in life. And then the one at 54, which both uh, you and I, Katie, are entering into, 
is another opportunity to get connected with our heart's vision before our Saturn return, which is a little further off, a little more between um, the progress lunar return and the second Saturn return. So we've got another good, you know, four or five years before our Saturn return, but we're taking this time to reconnect with what's really important to us for basic emotional contentment. And that isn't uh, about like, what's the smart thing to do or what should I do because it's, you know, makes sense. It's not really a time of making sense. That's for sure. (laughs) Yeah, it's really not making sense, actually. Yeah. Uh, And so I guess um, one last thing I'll say, or a couple of last things I'll say uh, to, on a technical note, this is different than your progress new moon, which is something altogether different. Um, The progress new moon is when the progressed moon conjunct makes a conjunction to the progressed sun. And that can happen for anybody uh, at, at different times of your life, depending on your chart, you know, kind of where the sun and moon started out when you were born. That's a whole different topic. And we're not talking about that today. Uh, the progress new moon is one of those um, things that isn't a life cycle uh, transit, but the progress lunar return is, you know, it's, it's something that everybody will go through at the same age. And so it's what, what we call a life cycle transit. And, uh, the last thing technically is that it's got an orb of about six degrees, either side, the progressed moon moves about one degree per month. So overall it's got about a year of influence. And then there's this peak, um, in the middle where it's exact, So you have six months before it's exact and then six months after. So that's our framework. Mm. Um, We're going to dive in and talk about what we, what we think about it meaning for now, uh, for us. (laughs) And then the moon is in Pisces today. I'm having trouble forming words. Um, And then also what it was like, you know, for us at 27. Um, I know we have some younger listeners who may be just coming up to their progress lunar return. Maybe you're already in it, or uh, maybe you're a beginner astrologer and you have clients that are having this progression. So it's a really important one to know about for a lot of reasons. So Katie, what do you think about either that time in your life at 27 or what you're experiencing now, whichever one you feel called to start with? (laughs) Let's let's go back in time. Um, well, you know what you okay. we touched on that briefly before we got on the podcast, and um, and then I, my mic went out or something, and so we couldn't really talk about it. But uh-huh. th- as you were t- saying that, I was thinking, "Ick, what a funny time in my life my twenties were in general," um, mm-hmm. and. That particular time was very unsettling for me. And um, Mm -hmm. I think probably because I wasn't as self-aware then as I am now, um, for one thing. So, but I do remember um, I had just been, I had been working for this guy 
who um who I started working for when I was 21 I think what I had around the time mm-hmm. I had Jordan and um he kind of felt like a friend to me but there was this sort of weird twist in our relationship where he was actually trying to have sex with me all the time and um, <laughs> that's a weird it was twist. A very strange twist uh and so he not only was doing that to me but he was also doing it to our secretary at work who was also a single mom so he's really mm. it was a very very bad thing it was a very bad thing predatory and i remember i think just a couple months before my uh progressed lunar return we had filed with an attorney for a sexual harassment suit and we both wrote a note and quit our jobs and so Mm -hmm. i remember that time it wasn't like i had savings or like you know i was a single mom Um, I remember we got a very, very small settlement outside of court and we were written these sort of generic, um, letters of recommendation. And there was this feeling of like, oh my God, that was my career. Cause I had, you know, Mm -hmm. I didn't go to school. I had a baby. Um, Mm -hmm. and what am I going to do now? And, um, I remember, you know, volunteering at Jordan's preschool and sort of the experience around having the time to, like, be a mom, you know, like, during that time Mm -hmm. in a different way, like, experiencing what it was to be, like, a stay-at-home mom. Um, Yeah. And then I also remember I lived in this really great place, and... I went up in the attic and I found these canvases that were these blank canvases up there. And I was like, Ooh, I always wanted to be an artist. And so I painted, you know, I painted these, Hmm. I made these paintings, you know, that I kept around for a really long time. And I remember Jordan even moving into her first apartment and having that painting and think it was so funny. Um, but, (laughs) (laughs) but I think I was gearing up, um, for, becoming an artist, you know, where I was like Mm -hmm. experimenting with that idea and, um, and also trying to figure out, you know, like what I was going to do. And as we've said before, as my Saturn return hit, a real shit show ensued that led me to a different part of my life. So yeah, Yeah. I, I just remembered that time being hard and really hard yeah. to navigate and mm. me questioning like who am I what am I doing what am I going to do you know yeah how yeah. am I even going to live I right did. how am I going to even going to have right. a home so mm-hmm. yeah it's not enjoyable I think a lot of the big questions come mm-hmm. up at at the progressed uh lunar yeah. return because it, it's you really have to return to your your inner world and figure out what's truly important to me. You know, it's not a time to look outside of you, although we could make the mistake of doing that. It's not a time to look outside of you and compare yourself to others or to try to mimic somebody else's path. Although that would be the shadow, you know, that would be the mistake to make. 
Like I'll just hop onto a track that somebody else is doing, or I'll just, you know, um, do the easy thing that because it makes sense and it makes money or whatever. But if you're someone who's a lunar kind of person to begin with, which you and I both mm-hmm. are, uh, we both have strong, you know, I'm a cancer and you, you have a moon in the fourth house, yeah. right? So you're, we're both kind of lunar people and that we can't ignore, uh, the, that, the call of the heart, mm-hmm. you know, the dreamy inner world. And it would sometimes be a lot easier if we could, Yeah, <laughs> but we can't, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. So I really, I mean, that's what stands out from that. What you just said is the art coming in and the painting and realizing, wow, I've always wanted to do this. Like since you were little, probably, you know, and that it came up strongly for you and that you took action Mm -hmm. on it is really beautiful. Like you did it, you did something with it, that longing to create and you're still doing it. Like you're still an artist, right? So, and you've done it all the way. I have some of your pieces hanging in my house. Oh, yeah, that's right. So I know you. You do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, and Katie, by the way, does does really, has done some really amazing pieces that are um, some collage work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. What, what would you call like the kind of art that you yeah, do? Yeah, it's all collage work. I really like, um, yeah. but yeah. it's different from... Like, I think there's an easier way to do what I do and uh, with the computer, you know, with graphics, but I still am doing the old school, like, cut out of a magazine images. Yeah. So I think it's fun. Yeah, I think it Mm -hmm. is really fun. So, yeah, when I first was tuning into this time in my life, I first I drew a blank. I'm like, what even was going mm-hmm. on then? But then I <laughs> then I re- remembered some things. Um, I was wrapping up, or I was kind of at the last year of graduate school, getting my degree in English. And so, yeah, I was in the middle of figuring out, you know, what is my relationship to this? Like, do I really want to teach English? And I was becoming disillusioned with some of it at that point. And also I remembered though, that that's when the calling to astrology came in really more strongly. Like I'd always been interested in it, but that's when I started to, um, like I would order charts through the snail mail (laughs) at that that time and I would get them. I know. And so there was a company that you could, you know, call in and order because there was, I mean, there was internet, but it wasn't really there wasn't much yet, you know? So there was this company you could call and make a phone order of your different charts that you wanted to look at. And, uh, so I got like all my friends and family charts. And then, um, I got into astrocartography for a while, like looking at those charts. Um, so it, it was coming in, you know, the love of astrology, was manifesting. It wasn't just coming in, it was manifesting like you with the art. It's you were doing it. So so I started to do it a lot more uh, during that time. And to really because I loved it because I was obsessed with it. It wasn't because I even thought I'm going to be an astrologer. I wasn't even thinking that Mm -hmm. yet Mm -hmm. at all. 
you know, I was like, I love this. This is like my passion. This is, I'm obsessed with this, right? So it's that kind of a flavor, I think, of things that come in and you're just obsessed and because it's fun and it brings joy and you don't want to stop doing it. Yeah. Right. It doesn't necessarily make any sense either. Right. It That's the thing to, to note, like it won't yet make sense, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and I, I'm taking that to heart for now for me um, as I'm going into my second uh, progress lunar return that I'm, I'm doing some things with my writing that I ha- don't make sense to me yet, but I'm just going to follow it because it's fun because I like it because it's interesting, but it really makes no logical sense right this moment, you know, and I don't know how it's going to be, be useful. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. But maybe by my Saturn return, I will know, you know? Yeah. I feel the same way, sort of like I'm sort of just floating, uh, doing things at random and not 100% sure of where I'm going. Mm-hmm. I started school a couple of weeks ago to go back to be um, mm-hmm. a health coach. So I do feel really, really called to do that. Um, yeah. And that that makes sense for me. You know, it does make sense. And, and I think it makes sense because I'm so obsessed with that kind of stuff too. And also right. I want to have a career. I want to do something that really helps people feel better and changes their lives. And I also want to be able to do my art. So um, mm-hmm. I feel like it's a good mix for me. But I do, I there's lots of days lately that I'm like, does anything make sense anymore? I just don't know. You know, like, <laughs> ugh. What does yeah. it even mean? What to does make it sense? mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think when I'm, when I'm thinking of, or saying that something makes sense or not, I, I'm using it that to mean like, does it seem practical or does it, is it useful or is it going to yield some kind of um, obvious benefit, you know, monetarily or otherwise at some point? Um, that's, those are the Saturn mm-hmm. ideas, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> and the the moon, though, isn't about that. The moon isn't about making sense in, in that yeah. way. You know, it's about uh, only tuning into what feels good right now. What makes mm-hmm. me happy? You know, what makes me joyous and, and lights me up? What is um, comforting to me, you know, or brings me some peace to be doing it? That Those are the moon mm-hmm. concerns, right? So this is like doubling up on your moon. That's another way to look at it. So if you're in this, if you're going through it, or you you know someone who is, the thing to look at is where is your natal moon, too, because this can shed some light on what is this about for you. You're returning to your core essence of that natal moon. Yep. Right. And coming back home to yourself is the way that you know I put it at the beginning, and so 
<clears throat> you want to really think about that that natal moon to make it more unique mm-hmm. to you and and what this looks like for you. So in light of that, um, like for me, I could say, well, I'm really feeling what's coming is, you know, this uh, return to my Taurus moon in the 12th houseness. I know that probably in this next, you know, year that I'm going to be going through this, that I will want to probably be spending more time, you know, in my internal world and the imaginal world, um, kind of playing with ideas and visions, which is all, you know, it's very connected to creative writing for me. So that makes sense. The 12th house piece. And then the Taurus piece is about keeping things simple and not getting in my head about stuff too much, you know, and remembering that, okay, just kind of tune into what your body wants right now or what taking care of the physical needs and what, you know, what needs to be attended to right in this moment. Because I could definitely get very Gemini about my creativity and be like, okay, it's got to be, you know, it's got to be fancy. It's yeah. got to be this and make it more complicated than it needs to be. But this is also, or as we always say, it's not predictive of what will happen. It's prescriptive. And so the prescription for me this year ahead is to return to the Taurus mm-hmm. moon self more and to use that as my guide right now, right? If we're feeling lost, then I think we could look to the moon, your natal moon, and its sign in house is like your guiding light yeah. right now. So so for you, what what does that bring up like with your moon in Virgo in the Well, I think it fourth? makes total sense. I mean, I think that I'm return I, I think for one thing, I'm like heavy into this perimenopausal phase of my life, you know? And I'm really mm-hmm. struggling with certain things like like I have migraines all the time and stuff. And so I, I'm just like really paying attention to my health, which I think is is super Virgo, you know, my rituals, like what what drives me, some of the things that don't serve me. Um, and mm-hmm. also like I, th- I feel more called to be a mentor to others at this time to sort of like in some ways experiment with my own self and – my health and see how I can tweak some things to feel better. Um, and then Mm -hmm. also be able to share those things with others, you know? Um, so I feel like that's a big theme for me. And I also feel like, um, where I may have mentioned this in, in the Mercury retrograde wrap up, podcast, but, um, feel like I also have learned something that's pretty major, like a, just like a lineage thread. And, um, that instead of continuing to talk about it and like process it, I've been more excited to learn how to sort of work with that trauma to move past it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I feel like I'm ready to move past some of those things and to sort of like stop feeling like, well, that's my, that's my lineage or that's what I was born into. And that has been a piece of me. And I feel like I'm more 
able to claim myself instead of carrying those pieces that others have sort of like put on me, you know, like, do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, yeah. So I've been doing that. And I think fourth house is a lot of the time, you know, it, it is about people who have fourth house moons or a big full fourth house. I feel like part of their work is to like take a look at those lineage patterns and question them and to change to change that pattern, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I was also thinking that, like, me at 27 and 27-year-olds now, or me at 26, whenever that was, um, I feel like people of that generation are so different, you know, than our – of course, generationally, yeah. we all change. But I think that the kids now who are in their 20s are – experiencing things in such a different way too you know oh, like yeah it's just it's it's a it's different such world a different world and so yeah. um yeah yeah I I, mm-hmm. I just was had this flash on that too you know where I I yeah. almost feel like those kids are a little bit more enlightened in some way so and they're doing things so differently like therapeutically d- different so True. I think that there's more of a, mm-hmm. an awareness of of mental health, of psyche, of, you know, it, yeah. yes. And when we were muddling through it, you know, the, it, there was some of that, but it wasn't uh, as mainstreamed, you know, as far as like tools for your own mental health and, and self-awareness and self-reflection and all yeah. of that. Like, it was mm-hmm. different, but... Yeah. I mean, so there's an advantage there for those who are in their 20s that are about to go through this or are undergoing it that you have a lot of support to uh, kind of dive in to your, you know, your emotional world and figure out like, what do I really want? What's important to me? What makes me happy? What lights me up? And uh, not that you don't have to also think about you know, how to pay the bills and put food on the table and all that stuff too. But I think there's more of a network of support for doing that work of self-reflection, you know, than there used to be. I heard this thing, I I think it was on a podcast or something, which I think is so interesting. Like, so we're from the time when our parents were, you know, like growing up or they, they were parents of the fifties. Right. So they, they were kids of the fifties. Mm-hmm. And before that, you've got people who were living in the twenties or whatever. And so we're yeah. just like two generations away from this time of life where people were like fucking pioneers. <laughs> they're still like, <laughs> life was so different where women were just like, so we they were just baby makers, you know, they were just like, yeah, running farms and like, I don't know, making food and like, yeah, spanking their kids or whatever. I don't know. And then, yeah, like, <laughs> so our parents were raised by people like that. And then they were just like yeah. going through this, their own change where they were still like, you know, men were like. The providers and 
and they can be the cheaters or what. I mean, you know, like I just think it, time is right. so different. And I feel like yeah. we were the first generation that sort of became aware of like the wrongs of this behavior, right? And so mm-hmm. now we're, you know, two generations later, I just think it's, or three, you know, mm-hmm. things have really, yeah, really changed. I know. Like, I know. It was kind it, of taboo to yes. talk about going to therapy or that it just wasn't that many modes of therapy either. It was more like, here, take an antidepressant if you're like, feeling these right. feelings or whatever. I don't know. I just. No, I know. So like when I, for example, when I was in college, I think in my, or my first round of, you know, undergrad, um, I, I had a friend who was, um, had depression. And so she had been to therapy and I remember thinking, wow, you know, that's really serious. Like if you had to go to therapy, you must be really, you know, kind of a little like, mentally ill right right Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) basically and that's at that time that was really how um it was just starting to change but therapy was not like a common thing to turn to just if you've got some things you want to work through it was mostly you know when people were really suffering from from mental health issues Mm -hmm. and that that was also stigmatized you know having a mental health issue yeah so, or being, experiencing that. So yeah, it wasn't just something like, I'm going to, you know, I remember they had, um, when I was in grad school, they had counselors you could see and stuff. And I think I did go like a couple times because I was having anxiety and relationship troubles and stuff. And it was like student uh, care, but it was also like students doing like, <laughs> you know, psych students uh-huh. doing it. So I'm not sure it was like the best, (laughs) not probably the best care, Um, like a 29 year old telling a 22 year old how to, you know, (laughs) live life. Um, But yeah, I, it just, it is a whole different world now in terms of what is available to us to do this kind of, of inner work. Oh, my, my grandma was getting shock treatment. Like when she, you know, that was for hysteria or whatever. She's probably going through menopause. Hysteria. I mean, you know, like, like that. I mean, I think that happens here and there as a treatment, maybe still. But it it does here and there. But it really, it's been like thirty years since it was a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It's yeah. It's funny because I was thinking like when I was going through um, my thing with my sexual harassment trial like that was Mm -hmm. a very taboo thing back then we felt like scorned Mm -hmm. women and the like the attorneys also made us feel that way like well we believe you but we also believe them you know like and and it was you, you didn't know like oh I can't tell another employer that I was like being sexually harassed every day and that's why I quit my job like that wasn't okay to say. And, and it probably still isn't that okay to say either, because I'm sure people have their judgments around that. But, um, but back then it was like super, we were like pioneering the, 
the whole uh, sexual harassment thing, I felt like. So, and right. it wasn't that long ago. Um, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. So I think like we're saying that, you know, things have changed to such a degree <laughs> since we were 27 that it's, it's interesting though, to think now too, for us at 54, how does that change mm-hmm. things too? Yeah. Right. Because we're, we're in a different world and we're going through our progress lunar return again and the whole world has changed um, in some ways, you know, more than others, but it's, it's better in the sense that, okay, we have awareness that, you know, to, to prioritize your emotional needs and wants is okay. And to also, um, you know, understand when something is, is awry with your emotional Mm -hmm. world, you know, is it's okay to look at that. In fact, it's encouraged to look at that. So if you're feeling discontent or sad or, you know, whatever it is, it's, it's okay to stop and say, Hey, maybe it's time for me to focus on this and see what's up. Because if I miss this opportunity, and that's the other thing I wanted to say about progress and return, it's, it's an opportunity window to check in with yourself and it could go by and you could not do any of this, right? You could not do any self-reflection. You could kind of keep pushing down what you want to do in favor of what is the practical thing to do, right? And then that doesn't turn mm-hmm. out well. Um, you're, what happens is you can end up getting off course by the time you get to Saturn return. It's like you've steered the ship uh, you you forgot to steer the ship. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of just drifted off in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. Um, some people do that at their first one, their first lunar return, and they get to Saturn return at 29 and they don't know what they really want to do. So they just kind of pick the thing that seems to make, quote, make sense. Yeah. Right. And it's not really what they want to do. And then they can't sustain mm-hmm. it. So it, it's... It's not that you should stay in the same job your whole life, but like at least we want to try to be doing something that that is meeting some of our needs for for fulfillment, whether that be our our paid job or something we're doing as a creative pursuit on the yeah. side. You know, to have at least something that is fulfilling our heart. I think that's the question for me at this point. I think that I'm coming into this place where I sort of know that and yeah um i'm feeling that like and i think the pattern that i want to blow out before i get to my saturn return is i don't want to follow in the footsteps of my of a worn out lineage pattern that keeps me mm-hmm. small and just keeps me going well i'll just do this for now because it's the easy you know like i think it is about following your heart and also knowing your strengths. And by the time I get to my Saturn return, which is in my 11th house, it's like, how can I step into a leadership role to, and help others, you know, a community or a group or whatever, you know, with the things that I know, I can't do that if I'm still spinning out in a, in this Virgo pattern of beating myself up for what I'm not or whatever, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, Because the shadow part of Virgo is not very fucking nice. 
it's like it traps you yeah. and holds <laughs> you there as someone who can never be good enough. And so there is something in that that I am definitely working out right now. It's I think it's a big part of it. That's a really good point that, you know, the shadow side of, of your moon placement is also magnified mm-hmm. at this time. And you need to be aware of that. So let's talk about that for a second. Like it, so you just highlighted it with Virgo. And I could say with Taurus, the shadow side is like getting stuck in habits, staying too, um, staying too comfy, too safe, you know, or like being as we've having lassitude, yeah. as we said in a previous episode, like being lazy, you know, just kind of like whatever. Um, so I need to watch that too, because that also is a possible choice, you know, to of how to spend this next year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just eating and sitting on the couch, yeah. you know. I could do that. Like that would be the total shadow road of Moon and Taurus in the twelfth house is literally parking my ass on the couch and watching TV and shoving ice cream into mm-hmm. my mouth. And I'm not going to do that. Like I know myself well enough. I might have moments and I might have entire weekends where that gets out of hand, <laughs> you know, uh, but I, I'm unlikely to do that just because I have the awareness. Yeah. Right. And that's what I'm promoting or suggesting for everyone to look at for yourself. If you have this transit or this progression going on, um, it's good to to check in with your shadow moon stuff. And if you need more information on that, look up your moon sign and you can listen to the shadow episode for that corresponding sign. Um, We've done a whole series on the shadow of each sign of the Zodiac. So if you're new uh, to the podcast, you can always go back and let's say you have an Aquarius moon. Uh, God bless you. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Go back, go back and read the shadow uh, the Aquarius shadow episode or listen to the Aquarius shadow episode or um, the Sagittarius. Yeah, I think that could shadow. be helpful. <laughs> For example, <laughs> like if you're a Sag, if you're a Sag moon. Yes. <laughs> For example. Yeah. I, I, For example. now that I, now that we've talked about that, I can see like, I can see that in my twenties, how this worked like how I felt like, oh, I am the one that made this happen. This bad thing happened to me. I'm not really, mm-hmm. I'm not a good person. I, I had, I feel like I had a moment of like standing in my power right before my Saturn return where I was like, mm-hmm. I could do really great things. And, you know, uh, it was just a very fleeting moment and then I sort of, ch- mm-hmm. and then I sort of fell into that Virgo shadow again. And I can see how the yeah. last, you know, 24 years that I've been working with that voice, you know, where I've been like, yeah. where it still comes in for everything that I do. And yeah. So, I mean, even my, I, I feel like my Saturn return last time was like, 
go back to school, you know, my life fell apart. And then it was like, go back to school, be an artist, be a musician, do these things. I got in there. I was giving all the, getting all the gifts and all that stuff. And the voice came in and was like, who do you think you are? You're not that good. Somebody heard that note you didn't reach, you know, when you were singing or your art's not that great or whatever, you know? And then I, I went through school for four years, but I quit. I never got my degree. Cause I think that voice mm-hmm. just kept ruling everything. Like, who do you think you are? You're not that great, you know, sort of thing. Yeah. And I do think that this yeah. time is massive because I can also feel myself being a little bit depressed and like a little bit, and I can hear the voice and that I'm working with it somewhat, you know, like now you're old and you're getting fat and you're, you know, like all that stuff. (laughs) It's like, oh my God. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's why I'm having a little bit of a slightly easier time with some menopausal stuff in some ways, because I'm tapping into my Taurus moon, which is like, whatever, like, yeah, go easy on yourself. Right. And you're like tapping into Virgo is like, I got to, I got to look perfect. I got to yeah. look this way. I got to. No, no. <laughs> you know? Or, you know, like you're really letting yourself go. Or remember how good you felt when you were, you know, in your forties and then yeah. like, look at you now and you're just going to be a fat old person. And you know, like, I, I don't know. I, that's not, that's, that's like harshest voice I can think of, but it is a bit like that. Yeah. Like I look in the mirror and I just like, I sort of laugh. I'm just like, oh, Jesus, look at what you're becoming, you know, like (laughs) that's how I feel. And so I'm really like my therapist was like, okay, your work this week is to write down 30 things that bring you joy. And I laughed. I was like, uh, she's like, just start with 10. (laughs) And so I was like, okay, I think. You know, and that helps. I did come up with like 20 things. So, yeah, okay. so I'm making a little progress. But, um, yeah, yeah, I don't I don't want to be in that space. Mm-hmm. And I can, I can put like my grandmother's face to it. Or I can put, you know, I can put, mm. I can put certain people in my lineage, their face on that yeah. voice. And it's like, I don't have to have that. You know, it's not, it wasn't mine, but it's there. So it's definitely my, my moon's work is funny. My moon. Thanks a lot. I, I'm sure I called this in before I came (laughs) into this world. I was just like, give me the Virgo moon. I can handle it. Um, well, isn't that how it works? Like, I think that is, you know, we, we do set all this up before we come in on a soul level, but our soul is not the same as our ego personality in this yep. body and it's with its agendas. So mm. <laughs> that's the problem. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I say, thank, thank God I have a Taurus moon right now, actually. Like I'm, I'm loving that part of me right yeah. now. And I think that's your, your mission, uh, Katie is to love that Virgo moon, you know, <laughs> to be like, but how can the Virgo moon come from a more loving place? That's yeah, my question for right. you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Is how can it free itself from judgment enough to do the Virgo thing, which is really Virgo's Virgo's about 
being of service and doing, doing things that make you happy, you know, to help others, like that it fulfills you back. And it totally doesn't have to do, or doesn't need to have to do with judging yourself and being hard on yourself or any of that. I think it's about channeling that into, um, something, something more useful and positive. Compassion. Compassion. Yeah. So. Yeah. I love it. Well, I think that's a good place to, to close. Yeah. You know, I think we've, we've said it before, but we would love it if you would support the podcast by liking, subscribing, following, and reviewing on your favorite podcast app. However you listen, we really appreciate the support and the yeah, feedback. Yeah, we really do. And it really helps us to get the message out to more people so we don't sp- stay small. We want to be bigger. Yeah. Dina and That's I right. want to be seen out there in the world, <laughs> even though we're kind of hiding. <laughs> <laughs> we're having Jupiter transits That's this right. year. So we got to... Got to get bigger. Yeah, blow it up. Okay. All right. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you next time. Thank you for listening. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. You can find out more about my readings at dinadecastro.com slash readings. I also offer an astrology mentorship program where I mentor emerging astrologers and anyone who wishes to advance their astrological skills and wisdom. You can find out more about the program and apply at dinadecastro.com slash mentorship. To get more weekly insights, follow me at Spark the Sun on Instagram or check out my website at katiesloanastrologer.com. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on Google, Stitcher, Spotify, and Apple. And thanks again for listening.